One of the huge questions I get asked all the time is how do I make my kids love a lot? Like how do I raise good Muslim kids that actually want to pray, want to, um, you know, read Quran, want to actually be good. And there's a pretty big secret to that. And I don't know if all of us are aware of it. It's not as hard as we think. And yet it is a little bit hard and I totally get that. But either way, we're gonna talk about it right now because Ramadan is an important time and a perfect time to kind of create this love and excitement. Let's talk about this in the podcast. Whether you have kids or don't, you need to know this because eventually you might have kids and then this is our responsibility, right? So let's talk about it in the podcast. Let's get started. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, and we come to you three times a week in Ramadan so we can talk to you about how to make the most out of your Ramadan and get closer to Allah and have your best Ramadan yet. So we have this podcast, if you're new here, all year round, Mondays and Fridays, but here we do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday in Ramadan. So just really quick, wanted to say um, how excited I am to be with you guys and talk about you know, just our relationship with Allah, but also how we can have that with our kids. I did want to give a huge shout out to um, some of the recent women who are kind of winners in different things that we're doing right now. And I just wanted to kind of give them a moment to shine within our platform here. All right, we have given away so many things and so many more things coming up this week. So I just want to give these women just a moment to shine. Uh, we want to say congratulations to Sadia. She won the AB giveaway for the Abaya and the Hijab. We want to say congratulations to Rima. She won a ton of books from the Crescent Moon Bookstore. And that is on Instagram. We did an Instagram giveaway. We're going to do uh, finish up who is the winner for Shukr, Shukr Clothing. And that will be announced, um, I believe, by tomorrow. So uh, get ready for that on Instagram. In terms of Thrive, we have so many women. I don't know, I'm looking at like 139 new people here or something, a list that I have. So I'll just shout out maybe like the first 10 that I see just random. Okay, so don't feel bad if your name is in here. Um, Zubana, Maria, Madeline, Rufika, Noemi, Jasmine, Mona, Nawal, Latoya, Arifatul, Shifa, Amber, and so many more. Welcome, welcome all of you to our Thrive Global Sisterhood. So excited to have you with us for the rest of the year. And lastly, we gave away um, in that, we like the new women coming in, we gave, we did like, and with the old women together, we did like an introductions, like a fun kickoff for Ramadan. And we wanted to congratulate uh, Sahrish, I hope I say that right, and Selma, because they won each $50 uh, and uh, like, prayer mats that will be embroidered with their names and stuff. So very, very excited. And also last one is if you're on the Ramadan recharge program that we're in right now, we had just announced that we're doing secret prizes. Yes. For the next two weeks or three weeks, we're going to be giving away four secret prizes. When you show up for our live events, we'll just call one of the sisters names at random and you'll be getting a secret prize. So look forward to those as well. Just making it a little bit fun to get together on those difficult fasting days in Ramadan. So we're just trying to like bump it up here at Mindfulness. So we want to make sure that us getting together as women, it's an event for us to get together and celebrate all that we're doing in the community and all that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing for us by getting us excited to kind of like get in these spaces with one another. I know sometimes life can be heavy and many of you have described that to us. So we're just really, really just trying to make it light and fun. And you guys, you deserve a little bit of, uh, you know, extra love and gifts, right? All right. So let's get into the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about 
a couple different ways where we can get our children to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, there's a couple key things. We also have some um, parenting sunnah style guide in uh, Mindful Muslim. If you go to our website, uh, www.mindful-muslimah.com. We have a ton of freebies. Just go there in the resources section. If you guys are new here, you didn't know that. We have a website. You always know what we're doing and like what's going on, what classes we're giving for free, what book clubs. A lot of people don't know when these things open and then they're like, man, I missed it. And I'm like, just stay there and check it out. We always announce things. We always announce things here. But for parents who want to know, like one of the number one, best ways, and it sounds so obvious, but it's so hard to do, is for you to love Allah yourself. One of the easiest ways, one of the most effective ways, one of the most easy and difficult ways, right? It's kind of strange like that, is for you to love Allah first. Now, you're saying, well, sister, I love Allah. Of course I love Allah. Hmm. But can your child see that you love Allah. Because from where you're standing, maybe you think you love Allah, but your life has to reflect that. Your emotions, your excitement, your everyday um, interactions have to like, you know, express that. For example, when you're, I'm just trying to give some like basic examples. How much are you involving um, Allah in your everyday life? Oh, I talk to my kids about Allah all the time. Okay, but are you showing that you're emotionally moved? Are you maybe crying in front of your children when you're reading a surah? I'm not saying to like fake cry. Let's be really clear. Here. I'm just saying like, are you personally touched? Because a lot of women are telling me in this Ramadan, they're trying to get close to Allah. And so they're struggling with that. And so how can they possibly help their kids? So you know what? First of all, renew your intention to Allah that you're trying to do this. You're trying to like get closer to him so you can bring this to your children. Allah is um, somebody who can do this. You know, we can't do this. It's not, it's certain times where we're stuck in a rut and that's okay. But reaching out to Allah will start this process for us in a way that we no, no human ever could for us, right? And so subhanAllah, make intention for that. But then literally, like, I, I purposely, like, sometimes I'll read Quran after Fajr, like, you know, and alhamdulillah, my kids will not really see me because they are um, sleeping. However, later on in the day, I'll make a point, even if I just take it out for five minutes or something to do it, I'll make a point in the car to play it and recite it. I'll make a point to be like, oh my gosh, I love this ayah. This is my favorite ayah. Like, even though like I secretly do my ibadah as an adult and I have my own personal time, I intentionally bring things up in front of children about like my kids, like they're always like, cause I'm such a crybaby. Whenever I see like any types of shows or videos or anything if anything happens where somebody is hurt or like children or or friends like i'm always crying and my kids are always like mommy's crying mommy's crying and i'm not trying to be a crybaby and i'm not suggesting you to be a crybaby i'm just saying like us showing that we're moved for other muslims or we're moved by allah in his words or you guys get where i'm going with this right because the average i don't think we realize it but i don't think our kids see that as much from us as we think they do and that is something that will just be the number one thing that will get them. They will remember they grew up in a house where their mother woke up in the morning and they woke up to come down the stairs and see her reading Quran or to see her reciting surahs and crying or or like, you know, like deep in du'a to Allah. Like these are memories etched in their mind that nothing else, you could send them to the masjid to do a little bitty class. You can, you know, put them on a Zoom link with some sisters. Like this isn't going to do it, guys. It's us. The Sahaba in the time of Rasulullah they were the main teachers in their house. You know, we all send our kids to the masjid, right? For like somebody else to teach them Quran, for like somebody else to teach them Islamic studies. 
that didn't happen back then this, like, like it does now. It didn't. People were teachers of their children and they were passionate themselves, right? And then their children were passionate. Like if you had the Sahaba and then the Tabi'in and these different groups, they were very, very passionate. Are you? Would, would your kids know you're passionate or is it all happening in your head? Is it all happening in your heart? Is it coming out as really important to you or is it just coming out as just like something you're teaching them like the rules in the house? Da, 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 this is haram, this is halal. Or is it coming out like, gosh, I love Allah. Right. So that's the number one thing I'm going to give. I'm just going to give you like three quick tips today. Um, the second one is, you know, having an attachment between you and your child is really important. A lot of us struggle with that. Some people think they have really great relationships with their kids, and some people they really struggle with that and they don't have it. Either way, what I want to say is, Rasulullah he told us that between the ages of zero and ten, we should make sure we have a really good relationship with our kids because to make them to be a quote unquote really great Muslim, we have to make sure that we're approachable so they can discuss their problems with us. Not that they have to go to their friends who might not be the best of Muslims. That might not be Muslim at all. Because most kids don't get their advice from their parents. Their parents are outdated. Their parents are annoying. Their parents are this and that. But if you look at the beautiful example of Prophet Yusuf and his father in the relationship, who's also a prophet, you know, um, that he told him about his dream. He confided in him. Usually teenage boys do not talk to their father in the way that he did. That didn't happen overnight. He as a teenager, and people always ask me, like, help me with my teen. I'm like, okay, I've done, by the way, podcasts on teens if you scroll back, so you'll find that. Um, but my point is people are like, help me with that. I'm like, that doesn't start when they're teens. Rasulullah he said, especially the character of the child in building, it happens between zero and 10. So we really have to make sure that we're doing that. So let's pretend that you haven't done that yet. You really want to. Um, what can you do? Well, the first one is, um, just to make sure, like, in, and you do this at any age, by the way, you could start this from one years old, at five years old, at eight years old, but the point is start it. Just this attachment with your child. Be sure to just really, regardless of your emotions or thoughts, make a point to respond lovingly to your child's um, emotional upsets. And that sounds like a really weird connection to like making a child a good Muslim, but it really starts with our relationship with them. So number one, our relationship with Allah is going to help them. Then our relationship with them. Now, I want you to notice we are not separate from our kids. A lot of people are like, hey, sis, can you help me fix my kids? Can you help me make them Muslim? Can you help me do their better Muslims? Can you? It begins with you. It begins with you and Allah, and then it begins with you and them in the relationship. We haven't even gotten to just them and them yet. Do you get me? And um, and I actually have a podcast, I think, called the Us and Them Approach because a lot of people like to just like put it off in their kids. Like, what's wrong with my kids? I got a lot of issues with my kids. Can you fix them? And that's not how it works. So if you go back to that podcast, it's called the Us and Them Approach that I put back. I don't know, maybe, oosh, maybe like six months ago or so. You'll find it there. But that's also really important. And um, the last one I want to tell you is that, all right, and my last kind of pro tip here is the key to helping your kids have a strong Muslim identity, and and I, again, I've talked about these things before in the past, but um, especially in Ramadan, this is a great opportunity, and this is what my kids are doing. We just we keep going to the next level and next level. You can go on like for years with this, to be honest. Is connecting them with the seerah. One of the best ways to, you know, I hate to say this like this, um, like when they do studies on like how civilizations and groups and movements and whatever it is have been destroyed, it's by cutting off the language and cutting off the history. And so we kind of have lost both for a lot of us as Muslims. Either we don't have Arabic because it's not our first language and we've never, you know, attempted to learn it or we, whatever. 
or we've tried and failed and whatever. And it, but it, the other one is, um, even if we have Arabic, we don't necessarily know everything in the Quran. Just because you're Arab doesn't mean you you know all the vocabulary, you know, or you're doing correct recitation of Quran and what have you. Um, and also the history, the deep history, Islamic history. If we want our kids to be strong in their identity, they have to understand what happened before them. And it, and what I don't mean by this is like a, a really boring history lesson. I mean, really exciting. I mean, make it beautiful, make it meaningful and make this because like it's a, it's actually just a collection of stories, if you think about it. So I approach it with my children as storytelling. Now, when I do this with women, like if you're in the Ramadan recharge program right now, um, I start to do this with the women because I know a lot of women are feeling disconnected from a lot and disconnected from um, their Islamic identity and things like this. So we're covering the seerah. So what I want to tell you is when I say the seerah, if you don't know what I mean, I'm sorry if I didn't clarify. It's the it's the history. Some people will say it's the biography of the Prophet, peace be upon him, which is what it's kind of like become, but it's not necessarily meaning that. But it's basically the Islamic history. And it doesn't start with the Prophet, peace be upon him. It actually starts all the way back, back, back to uh, Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam especially when um, this is told, um, you know, by Ibn Kathir and all the other scholars that have done great works in this area. And so what I do with my kids this year is I just wanted to focus on the love of the prophet and everything happening with him, just because I wanted them to have an emotional connection with him. Because after I assessed myself as a parent, I realized that they could use more of that. But in terms of like stories with women, we two love stories. So I did it all the way back to Ibrahim and Hajar and, um, you know, like marital issues and like relationships between you and Allah issues and relationships with trust of Allah and Qadr and like we've been talking about that and just connecting it with our life. And so if you could do that with your kids and really get them excited about the history of Islam because it is such a missing piece, that's why they, they just see the, the current day stuff and they don't they can't feel like it's, they're feeling like Islam is outdated and, and they don't have a connection with it. And that's part of their identity. So doing this in layers, um, you know, it's really, really great. So the next thing people are going to ask me is like, where can you find information on this? To be honest, there's so many resources out there everywhere. If your kids are really small, you can even start them with Zaki. Zaki has tons of stories of the prophets and things like that. But just really connecting them with these figures as role models is really important. You can do it in a fun way. We do it while we're driving in the car. I tell stories. Did you know about this Sahaba? His name was this. And, you know, I try to tell that like, in order if I can with kids, but if not, you know, I don't want to make it boring for them, but with, with women as adult women, I will teach this. We do this in, we're going to be doing this even more in Thrive Muslim as well, if you're a Thrive member. Um, but subhanAllah, these are the things that make them strong. And it starts first, just as a review, with us and Allah. Second, with us and them and our connection with them. And third, when we make them connected to the history of Islam and the history of those before them so that their Islamic identity is strong. They know why that ayah was revealed. They understand the Quran because they know it came down in this particular part, in this particular time in history to this particular situation. You know, it just really, really opens their eyes. A lot of us adults don't know this stuff. That's why we feel so numb. That's why we don't feel connected to Allah. We're missing that historical piece. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of this inside of Dive and inside of the Ramadan Recharge Program. So if you're into that, get excited. And I hope this really helped. These are things that are small, 
things that are really, really important and super powerful. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your fasting and your da'a, all of your ibadah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our children of those who are the best of believers and of those who just love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over all other things. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. All right, I will see you guys in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.